0: We're about to kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, brought to you by the fine folks over at, where else? Geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy this show, and I think you do, the best way to help us out is just spread the word. Uh, tell everybody that you enjoy listening to Geek in the City Radio on whatever social media platform you use, as well as giving us a five-star review on sites like iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or iHeartRadio. Those reviews go much farther than you would ever imagine in helping us climb the metrics, which uh, just gets us more listeners, which just makes us a bigger and more nerdier family for everyone to enjoy, which we're going to do right now with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio.
1: Day into which we must delve We're gonna talk about
0: The stuff that makes you scream and shout Hit the red alert We're going War Factor 12 Thanks for pressing play Why, hello! How, how, I literally forgot how to intro our own show. Like, <laughs> my brain went, what do we say after that?
2: Welcome.
0: That's right. Why, hello! And welcome to issue 581 of Geek in the City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Duran.
2: I'm one of your other hosts, Fina Rita.
1: And I'm your other other host, Cable yeah. Hashitani.
0: Thank
2: you. <laughs>
3: Fantastic!
0: And, yeah, and we have a special guest with us, uh, streaming live from her couch, freshly showered. <laughs>
4: yes, you're so welcome. I know you can't. You don't want to smell me after a, a day of moving. I'm Carolyn. I am your trainer of four years.
0: Well,
4: uh, so Carolyn Gallagher
2: of Freshet Fit Fitness. Uh, and the reason Carolyn is here today versus any other trainer we might have found is because Carolyn and I have been working together for a little over four years now. So if you ever see me drunkenly talk about my my buffness, that is, that is thanks to this wonderful woman right here. And she's also just like a really wonderful friend.
4: Ah, um, uh, yes. We have a good friendship as well as all the things. I love it.
2: Yeah. So this is a trainer slash bodybuilder is going to talk to us today about how to try and maintain health and fitness while we continue to just stay hold away in our homes
4: forever and ever amen
0: <laughs> amen yes
4: the the hardest struggle ever right now really uh where do you want me to start uh, well
2: one of like there's because... not
4: much <laughs> Uh, well,
2: actually, let's throw with like a little background on you for everyone who hasn't already known you for four years. It's like, how did you get into, you know, bodybuilding and become a trainer and, and all of that?
4: Um, shoot. It starts a long time ago. I got transferred up to BC uh, for my old job. I was in retail for about 15 years. And all I did was work out and go to work. And I got six months to do a job. I did it in three and got really bored. And when I was looking for an amends manager one day, I found an ad for a general manager for a gym. So I was like, Ooh, and I applied within seven days. I had the job, found out that managing a gym is horrible and it's sales and it's sketchy and awful. And I never want to do it again. But I was the number one seller of personal training in the company because I stand behind personal training. I had an amazing trainer starting when I was 26. Um, changing lives and building confidence and it literally got me out of an abusive relationship of 6 years with my son's father so I stand behind it on every level of training um so once I hated managing I got my PT cert I started working out of my best friend's inside her house little home gym and I came here and started my own business and we've been going well thanks to covid we're not going as strong as we were <laughs> but going like It's been five years I've been back in the States doing what I do. Um, I pride myself on choosing my clients and not having them choose me and picking people that want to be educated, have realistic goals, they want to build confidence, they want to walk into a gym and do everything properly, so... It is truly my passion and bodybuilding came with I lift I lift really heavy shit and it's really fun but I was bored so the next challenge for me who loves to eat and drink beer was to be a bodybuilder you have to lose your weight so I was like that's the mental challenge of getting on stage and the last time I was on stage my son was 6 months old and I got fourth cuz I was too big for bodybuilding um But it was an amazing experience and being able to hold a six month old and have like a ribbon around my neck was pretty rad. But now I'm at a point where that's all consuming. It is all consuming and takes 24 hours of your day to be on a stage. So now I just like I'm back to lifting heavy things (laughs) when COVID, when COVID doesn't let me lift, when COVID lets me lift heavy things. But I still have my amazing clients, but y'all have been rolling with me. Four, four or five years, you guys, for like a chunk of you. So I love Ooh. it. And it's a, everyone is my friend. Three of my other clients were at my son's last birthday party. So oh, it's cool. It's like the relationships I have gotten from this business is incredible. So you guys keep me as sane as I keep you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's for sure one of the things that has really um, impressed me about your work over the years is like you. Uh, and I know that this isn't necessarily true for all of your clients, but I came to you sort of just by, by chance. I signed up at a gym and that turned out to be a total nightmare for you. <laughs> a little bit of a nightmare for me. Listeners might mm-hmm. recall that, that conversation from about four and a half years ago. Oh yeah, um, that place
0: was put on pretty hardcore blast when we when, yeah, when, when sure. that episode mm-hmm. dropped.
2: <laughs> yep. Uh, and we don't necessarily need to talk about them at this point, but it just, it, I just happened to get paired up with you because I agreed to like so many trainer sessions. And then when it, your time came to leave, I, I didn't want to do it without you. You were the thing that was motivating me to, to do the work, work that I had not been capable of doing on my own as a, as a, as a fully fledged adult who should be able to, you know, <laughs> have the willpower or even when I was in the military and it was a force on me, I did, I was not achieving the fitness goals that I, that I'd had with you. And it's, it's your, it's your community building and your, your nature, like you're just like your, your friendliness, but you're also like very real. (laughs) So it's, it's nice. You That's a hard thing to find. And it's important to, to be with your people when you're trying to do something that is a challenge to begin with.
4: Definitely. And part of my working for myself is not working for a big box gym because A, you're paying twice what I charge and I am not getting it. The gym is getting it. But B, the stress on you being a number, like what did you buy this month? What were your product sales of like, did I sell you supplements? Like my people will never be a number to me. My people are my people. They have names, they have personalities, they know each other. I had that sick ass barbecue did you get to the Crush at Barbecue last year? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I I truly cared. There was piñatas and amazingness. Um, oh, but I, God, I missed like, that You one. guys are... Oh. <laughs> that yeah, was, was, I was thinking of the
2: year before, because last uh, year's that I missed was the piñatas full of mini booze bottles.
4: And some edibles and some smokable things. Like the, <laughs> There was a kid piñata, and then the adult piñata was far more entertaining, because like craziness of grown humans scrounging for things on the ground it was like if you've never had an adult pinata do it at any party ever um but like yeah my people are so different but so amazing and I care about each and every one of them and over the years they've all gotten to know each other also as me being the common thread so it's it's a when you when you're not doing it to make money you build relationships, but you also get to make money. It all comes full circle when you're doing it for the right reasons. So uh-huh. mm-hmm. I, I would never do my business any other way. So I've had people try to talk me out of it, but I will not budge.
2: <laughs> uh, so let's talk a little bit about um, COVID and lockdown. You were able to pivot pretty much right away to a a virtual method rather than doing a lot of in-person sessions at, at, I think you were seeing clients at two different gyms. Is that right?
4: During COVID? Right before or up until or before, COVID. Before. Uh, up until COVID, I was only at the one gym. And then I had one person that I would train at a park just because serenity reasons, like that's just what she needed. And I was willing to go out on a Sunday afternoon and chill in a park. Who doesn't want to do that? No, I know. Um, But it was, yeah, it was all-in-one gym, pretty fluid schedule, and then COVID hit, and it was a whole other story. So I think you were... Well, talk about
2: that. How did that sort of flesh out in the beginning?
4: Well, in the beginning, it was... Thankfully, so I had a side gig. Um, I, like many humans, I have minor depression. I have anxiety. So when I would train clients from, like, 5 until... 11 or 12 in the afternoon and my son is at school until 3 30. I am not the person that's going to go home and clean the house and make dinner and do, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> and so I got, I got a part-time job to keep myself busy and it was only maybe two days a week but it was packing for this amazing company that moves only seniors into retirement communities and things like that. So I was still getting a lot of emotional like payment from that. Um, And so as soon as the gym shut down, the owner was literally on the phone with me that day being like, so full-time availability, what can we do to you (laughs) to make sure your bills are paid, which is why I work for this company. Um, So I switched from my side gig became my full-time gig. My full-time gig became my side gig, but it was a, a kind of sketchy transition in the beginning because a lot of my clients did lose their jobs they were cut down hours they went through the same things i did so it wasn't a case of yes it wasn't a case of oh you just transition it over to zoom i'm like well if they can't pay me it's and some people just can't do it at home they just don't have the want or need even like it took you it took denise months to come back (laughs) to i need your help still um some people were on it straight away some people had to wait a while. Like I just got one of my clients back two months ago. Cause she was like, this is an ending and I'm eating my emotions and everyone around me's emotions." <laughs> so, And it's, it took her almost a year to be like, okay, we need to start this over again. Cause it, obviously we're not going to be back in the gym anytime soon. So it just, it was a, it's crazy, but it is with the clientele that I have being able to have the relationship that I have. It's very loosey-goosey. Let's play with the first couple sessions. Let's get comfortable. There's no pressure. We're going to see what works. Here's the equipment that everyone else is using. Here's what I have. Let's figure this out and see what works together. And it's it seems to be doing okay. I'm like, Denise, you're the client. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to
2: preface this by just, like, pointing out that I didn't need, like, however meant two or three months off uh, in any, like, financial or emotional sense I'm just a lazy bitch and I was like oh, no, no, let's just, let's just, we're just not gonna do that for a while until I'm like no there's no reason for you not to be doing it and when we started up it was basically the the, the stuff that I owned a two pound hand weight and a yoga mat which is nothing but you know comparison to we what we've been doing it you know in January with real weights uh and then Like when funds allow, I get more equipment or if I get lucky and snag something, just sort of adding into the routine to keep it fresh, keep it challenging and and accommodate what's
4: available. It's worked out really well. Yeah, we've you I don't think you've had to do it, but one of my clients, well, there's three of them together. But they have a cabin and a house, and for a while, all the equipment was at the house. So when they got to the cabin, I'm like, cool, cans of soup, let's go. Water bottles, let's go. Like, we got this. Here's the firewood. Like, let's let's move this around and play with it, and we'll see what works and what is going to be – do the job for the hour that we need it to do. And then slowly, same thing, you just – you collect – what you find is necessary. Like I dropped off eight pounds to you. You're good. Sarah has eight pounds, but now she wants 12. So she ordered them. It's just, you don't need to invest $500 and get all of these things. It's like, okay, this month I'm kind of bored with these. So let's move it up a bit and I'll spend 20 bucks and get the next set. It's progressing at your own state. And like, I will hurt you with a water bottle if you want me to. So
0: (laughs) It's cool. I know the it, way you're describing, like, important. people like to start moving wood and stuff. Like, that's like a Rocky Four training montage. Just go out in the woods and move, <laughs> that, move that log.
4: <laughs> it's so true. But um, back to, like, what's important for COVID and for the, the normal person who probably hasn't done anything for a year. I did a blog, and I think it was April or May for Bowflex. And just the, the need for vitamin D and walking and fresh air and what stopping to smell the roses will literally do for you and your body and your senses and your emotions and your anxiety and depression and going for a walk is the start. Like getting out there and getting some fresh air, even if it's five minutes and you walk ha- like four houses down today and you turn around and come back. That couple minutes is going to do so much for your mental state and your emotional state, but start there. It's not scary. It doesn't need to be intense. Just step outside. I know it sucks and it's raining sometimes, but even through the clouds that vitamin D will change your whole outlook on a lot of things.
2: (laughs) Uh, We get some questions coming in from the chat. Um, So let's start with the first graph of this one is uh, so someone who hasn't worked out since high school. So let's say they're roughly all right, We're all about you know the same bracket. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: What would you recommend as a good starting point for
4: for that? Walking, like I just said, but and I think you you know the drill. It's it's starting with core strength. So and by core, I don't mean abs. Abs are made mm-hmm. in the kitchen. We all know this. Drop fifteen percent body fat, and you might see them. But if you do planks. Let's say you do a 10 second plank. I know, I know that face, (laughs) but if you do a plank, you're using every muscle in your body. So those little baby steps of, I'm going to learn how to do a plank from this YouTube video. I'm going to learn how to do it properly. And I'm going to do two 15 second planks this week, every day. And next week I'm going to do two 20 second planks. You don't need to go big or go home. Everything is about Baby, baby steps that are maintainable. If you drink three glasses of water in a day, this week drink four, and just and that's eight ounces, which is when you really look at it, it's those little tiny baby bottles of water in the store that are this big, like it's the baby guys. So, don't, don't baby, hide your booze,
0: Bean. She's the one who encouraged you to go get it.
4: I'm not hiding it. I'm just making faces about. <laughs> her. I wonder how much water I drank today. <laughs> so, and
0: so,
1: wait, don't like you that have a- that? Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead.
4: The one that lights up and yells at her all the time. Yeah,
2: yes, that's right. I was, No, no that's I haven't what what had I that in years. It's the the technology is not where it should be, and it was more of a frustration than than a than a magical gadget. So we're over I that. returned
4: to that twice.
2: I think. They they came out with a newer model, and I was like, well, I'll try it again. No, they they continue. It continues to be a, a flawed system. So a
4: basic bitch system for that <laughs> is have your water bottle and label it. By ten, I'm here. By twelve, I'm here. By two, I'm here. By the end of the day, you're at this. Or there's an AM one and a PM one, and you drink forty ounces of water in the day, even though it should be more. But baby steps. Like keep yourself on track and be able to hold yourself accountable. And if you need to chug water at two because you're behind, go for it. Like it's not scary. It's water. But that's, your your body will thank you.
1: That's actually a really good idea. Mostly, I for. When I'm active at work, I forget to drink water, and that would help a lot. Thank you. Yeah.
4: It's in it's your face.
1: Yes. yes.
0: Just like a cat. Oh. <laughs> yep.
4: I know. I cbd my dog so she wouldn't be all up in here like she <laughs> used to. I was like, fatty drugger. Sorry, fatty's my son. <laughs> I was like, drug the dog. She cannot be on my lap for this. <laughs> um, and then the second half of that listener question,
2: which by the way was posed by our listener friend Norm, the second half is: What are your thoughts on Noom, uh, that sort of like non-diet uh, dieting app?
4: I've I've looked into that because I've had questions from other people. It seems to be, and I haven't detailed look into this, but it seems to be a very psychological weight loss program, which I feel is way better than cutting all of. She knows me like you could. A I won't take you on as a client if you're like I need to lose 10 pounds tomorrow. I'm like okay cool I'm not the one for you. But that's that stuff is unhealthy and it doesn't you can't maintain it. It doesn't it doesn't last. So I think their the way they program their things is very much like <clears throat> drinking the water, going for a 5 minute walk and next week you will do more. It's baby steps that are maintainable and they can like continue on this journey and build it like one step above the other. So from what I have glanced at their programs, it seems to be one of the better ones versus like you have four points from Weight Watchers today and broccoli takes three and a half of them. (laughs) Like, no, broccoli is free. Like, I'm sorry. Broccoli. Yes. It's a carb, but it's not a bad carb. It's fiber and carbs and all of the things you need it. It shouldn't be a bad thing to have a salad. Yes. When there's cheese and all the, a good salad, (laughs) like it's, (laughs) But when places like eliminate things and cut things and it's very drastic, it's a yo-yo diet. You're going to do it for two weeks so you're going to drop five pounds of water weight and then you're going to be like, I'm starving and you're going to sit in your kitchen at 3am eating cookies. Like yeah. it's, it's going to happen. No.
0: I, I did Noom for about six months and I've done a, a lot of diets and I've yo-yoed a lot. With Noom, I actually dropped about, 25 pounds and then the pandemic hit and in that time i only put on about eight
3: and i I fell off
0: the program the one critique i'd have of noom is it is very expensive past that trial period and they Mm. kind of surprise you Ah. but it's like what you said is very psychological it gets you to look at food differently it doesn't it doesn't ever once say this is a bad food this is a good food because they're they take the approach of like none of it's good or bad it's all in how you use it you know and
4: 100%. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're pretty say. good with like,
0: yes, if you are going to eat that cheeseburger, go ahead, but like, no going into it. What, you know, you're going
4: to, you're going to pay for it later. Yeah. Well, in and one it's way like, or another.
0: Yeah. And they're also unlike, but if you're going to eat it, don't beat yourself up. Don't be like, Oh, I shouldn't have eaten that cheeseburger. I'm such a trash human. They're like, don't be that way either. That's not going to help. So what
2: I. Lean from from what Noom is or what I have come to understand about them is essentially the same things that I learned about food by taking a nutrition class once just having the context of like what is in any given food why are these chips not great for you versus this bowl of fruit and and yeah just making those smart decisions as you go you're not always going to pick the fruit over the chips because sometimes fruit is just fucking boring but
4: they're delicious it's a, like, guacam- from... guacamole is the fruit <laughs> sometimes you <laughs> um, have too many edibles and
2: you just want the goddamn chips uh-huh.
4: and i think with a lot of things people put a lot of emphasis on calories in calories out which is a hundred percent true you cannot lose weight if you're consuming more calories than you're burning it is physically impossible i don't care if it's keto carb-free paleo you cut whatever out of your diet out into do sugar like if you eat 4,000 calories of vegetables in a day, and you burn 2,000 calories, you're still in a surplus of calories. So I think Noom does a decent job of, like, what calories are you consuming? Because what's it doing for your body? Did you eat all the candy, and now your calories are gone for the day, but you've done nothing to fuel your body? And I don't want to get in, like, the bodybuilder world of, like, food is fuel! But it plays a role like what you eat. And I know a lot of people will battle me on this of what you eat calorie wise makes a difference. But if you eat McDonald's for 2000 calories a day versus you eat clean for 2000 calories a day, you're going to get a completely different body at the end of that process. Yeah. So uh-huh. giving yourself what it what you need versus what you want and finding that balance of like maybe not cheat days, but even like I'm going to eat five meals a day four of them are going to be great for me. And at 3 a.m. when I'm on edibles, I get my cheat meal. Like that's knowing your schedule, knowing your life. And then when I take on a new client, that's a thing that I do. Like what they want, if they want to look at food, some people are like, "Eh, I just want to work out and do a thing. But if you're going to look at food, I want three or four days of honest food diary. So I can be like, okay, these are your habits. If you add this and cut this, You will see a difference in two weeks. It doesn't have to be drastic, but working with your lifestyle, your schedule, like I worked retail for years. Lunches weren't a thing, but what could I shove in my face in a trip to the back room for something? Oh, I'm going to shove this handful of cashews versus this handful of gubby bears. Like where where are your opportunities that are realistic with your lifestyle? So especially being at home all day, like most of us are, what are you stocking your fridge with and what what does your snack cupboard look at versus what do your healthy snacks look at? Like if you want something, if you want something salty, you can find a healthier version of something. If you want something sweet, you can find a healthier version. And sometimes like, especially females, when you're on your period, you want the thing, get the thing because you're going to eat everything possible and still not be satisfied. Like if you're craving something, my, my rule usually is like if you're craving something for two days, get it. If you're bored, if you are wanting it because you saw a commercial, like that stuff, you're not craving it. You're just, your head is playing games with you. But if you're like, I've been wanting pizza for two days now, get the pizza, get all the toppings, get the cheesy crust, do the things and have it, don't eat the whole thing, like split it with someone. (laughs) But but do what you need to get that out of your head before you eat everything in sight to get to it. Mm -hmm. But work in... Figure out what your life looks like and find the healthier pieces of like, I have shit for breakfast. I eat cinnamon toast crunch. I do this. Okay, well, how about we like switch breakfast to oatmeal and then the rest of the day you get to play and have fun.
3: Yeah.
4: And then maybe in six months we switch out lunch. I don't know. Maybe we don't ever, but baby stepping it so that it's not overwhelming and you've created a new habit that isn't drastic. Cool.
2: Very, very thorough answer on that extremely relatable content.
3: Um
2: <laughs> we have another uh listener, uh Thomas, who um is curious about um water alternatives or like maybe additives. Uh like for example, I've got like crystal light cherry flavor in this 16 yes. ounce glass of water. Um mm-hmm. but also with the stipulation that they're doing it because they have um, drinking large quantities of water uh, triggers other body issues. So there's not a ton of context there, but I did
4: want to include that part. Um, I can't really answer with the body issues because I don't know what they are. Um, But your body, so when you go from not drinking a lot of water to drinking a lot of water, your body is going to hold on to water because it needs it to transport nutrients within your body. So it needs a certain amount. So once you up your intake of water, you very quickly figure out that it expels water very quickly. But if you give it a week or so you balance out. So if you can get through that transitional phase of, I don't drink this, now I am, now I'm peeing every five minutes and you're frustrated, it balances out because then your body now knows, I've expelled the extra that I was holding on to in case I wasn't going to get any more, and this is a thing that my body does now. And it it finds its little system of, okay, and then you find yourself, like, I know for me, I've been drinking tons of water for years, if I miss a couple, like, glasses of water in a day my lips are dry. I have a headache. I feel like crap. Like the next day I wake up feeling like crap. And I'm just like, I did not drink water yesterday. And so your body will very quickly remind you. They're like, no, we do a thing. You stopped doing the thing. Why would you do that to me? We have expectations to meet. You broke so the deal. Me,
3: okay. Right? Go, go <laughs>
4: Totally. Like your body, it's the same with fats. I know everyone with like fats. They're like, Oh, but like, I can't eat fats. I'm like, well, your body needs fat to transport nutrients. Once you start eating them, it expels a lot. You lose fat by eating fat. It's the same with water. Like get through that first week of this sucks and you will thank yourself forever of baby stepping that water up to the point where your body is like, yes, I function properly. I have 97% water. <laughs> <laughs> we can do this. So. I don't think i yeah. been 97% water. <laughs> we're, we're like 73% water. Um, but flavored <laughs> waters, as long as they're sugar-free, great. I know a lot of people like, especially pop drinkers, soda streams, sparkling water, all of those bubblies, like LaCroix, like all of those, those are all water. Drink them. Like... If you're a I need a fuzzy thing, like my best friend just got a soda stream for Christmas and she like won't stop drinking the water, which is amazing. So finding the ways that you like them, like I have my little, I know, like Denise knows, I have my watermelon aminos that I've been drinking for 10 plus years and I have my massive jug that everyone knows me by, but I can't drink two liters of water in a day, plain, that's awful. So Make it better, but make it a sugar-free, healthy, better, so. Cool. But liven it up. Don't make it torture. Being healthy is not torture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, right.
2: Um, and that was the last question, unless you're finding some anywhere else.
0: No, I, I mean, I did have a question. One of the things, again, like, before all of COVID went down and stuff, like, I would hit the gym – and I did some car, I mean, I have, I have asthma. So I always have to kind of work on my cardio because my lungs will get weak on me almost immediately if I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like if I stop doing cardio for a week, I, I feel it really fast, but I wasn't like, I wasn't losing a whole lot. And it was really frustrating. So I, like my whole life, I was told like, if you want to burn like fat, don't do a lot of like heavy weightlifting. So I avoided it. But then I was like, well, I just started doing it and I felt like I was health. I felt better about myself when I started incorporating heavier weights, doing it more often. Um, but now that like I can't go to a gym, like I have a, I think 20 kilogram kettlebell at home. Like that's all I've got anymore. Um, but I've watched videos on like a lot of kettlebell programs and it's just, it doesn't feel right to me, which is, I don't know if that doesn't make it, if that makes any sense. I just, I yeah, I That's just want to yep. do the lifting. That's what I want. Because it feels good also. And it's very good That's for my mood. I've also That's found out when I was doing the heavy lifting, I was not as depressed and anxious as I usually am. Like, that went away amazingly. So, huh? what's a, what would your, be your advice to kind of get back on that horse with super limited resources?
4: Okay, so A... Weightlifting, resistance training, which could be body weight resistance, things like that, is the number one cure for depression. Doctors don't want to tell you that in the States because we like to sell prescriptions. But if you actually do the research and you do, I will use bodybuilders as an example. If you do a backstory on bodybuilders, a lot of them started because their doctors were like, you need to go to the gym. That will help your medication get you to where you need to be, whether you were suicidal or just very depressed. It is the number one cure for depression known to man. So yes, which is my side issue of malls are open, but I don't get to go to the gym and my depression creeps up on me and things like that. Um, it is, it is the number one cure. And it does amazing things for your mental and emotional health. Um, getting back started is baby steps. And I will put it out to anyone listening. Like if you want to email me, I will gladly give some one-on-one tips to what you have at home and things like that um, to get people on a path. 20 kilograms is a heavy kettlebell.
0: Well, I had bought that when I was doing a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, Denise actually has my smaller one. So maybe I need to get the smaller (laughs) one again. Like she can keep that one. I'll get another one.
4: (laughs) Um, it is because there's only so much you can do with a heavy kettlebell safely. Um, yeah. Cause I, I even, went,
0: I went to restart it with that and I got like five minutes in and I'm like, i think I'm actually hurting myself. Yes. There's
4: That's definitely things good. you can do. There's definitely things you can do outside of a kettlebell just to get the mental, get the serotonin levels up, get like, break that depression piece or if it's creeping in kind of hold it off for a little bit. Um, what was the first part of the question? Because I know it was.
0: Oh, it was just the get started. Yeah, with the limited resources, like what are what are good ways to kind of get back on it?
4: Creativity. So body weighted things you can do a lot with. Um, but then, what's at your house? Do you have a propane tank for your barbecue? Do you have a couple of gallons of water? Do you have a cat that weighs too much? Do you have <laughs> like? What do you have that weighs more than you or more than nothing to utilize? And can you fill something with sand versus filling it with water? Like, what can you do to make something heavier? And then reach out to someone like me, or go on to YouTube or Instagram and just look up either body weighted exercises or. At home workouts, like get creative with. I have this limited amount of stuff. I have zero money to spend. What can I do? But there's also for fifteen twenty dollars on Amazon, you can get a full. What is it? Yours is five bands, four bands.
2: Yep, I have the uh, the long bands with the handles that can come on and off, and that was probably probably only like twelve dollars, honestly. And then I also mm-hmm. have the uh, the loop fan set that's also five different uh strength levels and that was probably eight
4: dollars. So for a minimal minimal amount of money, you can mm-hmm. really jump start doing things at home. because um, who knows when we're gonna be allowed in the gyms again. It's an unfortunate, a very unfortunate thing, but using the resources you have with your physical resources and then getting creative with finding things online on YouTube, just on Google, on Instagram, on any, any type of site that will give you some type of instruction, I would definitely play with, like, research who it is, and if they have good comments and feedback of doing things properly, because yeah. <laughs> the, the wrong form is going to, A, you're not going to get the muscle development where it should be when you where you want it, But you also have a huge, even with a body weighted anything, you can injure yourself doing a squat incorrectly by yourself if you don't know how to do it properly. So it's really like getting a full length mirror or being able to be by a mirror and really playing with how to do things properly, doing your research, reaching out to people that you trust um, and finding creative things around the house to lift and to push and to pull. Cool. And I think for a lot of people, it's the accountability, like trainers make what we make because we are knowledgeable, but we're also sitting there tapping our toes, waiting for you to arrive, which is what a lot of people need. So where's your buddy? Like we walk together on Tuesdays. We do a zoom workout together on Thursdays. Like it could be 20, 30 minutes, but when there's something waiting for you, you typically don't bail, Denise typically do <laughs> no, fail typically um but when you when you have someone waiting for you and it's probably both of you in separate locations and you have to be like oh, like she's waiting for me i can't go they're waiting for me i can't like i can't fail on them Better you're both hand. thinking you're both you're both thinking the same thing but you both end up and you show up and you go there and you do the thing so whatever that little piece is it's more than you did yesterday
0: so. Okay, that's a cool idea, like, doing
4: that.
0: Okay, yeah. I have homebrew equipment I can lift.
4: I was thinking
2: that <laughs> exact same thing.
0: It's like, wait, but you I have, like, like a three-gallon carboy that I have a strap handle to.
2: Yes, 100%. <laughs> I'm going to apologize. It's going to look like I'm about to just, like, show off, just given the content that we're discussing, but I'm just really hot. I'm going to take off my sweater uh, but I want, <laughs> but I wanted to. Um, I just wanted to get some closing. Th- I feel like you kind of already touched on that just from uh, Aaron's question. But just some sort of last thoughts on how people can continue to take care of themselves right now.
4: I think. So I know at the beginning of this pandemic, everyone was all about, "Oh, we're locking down. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm mm-hmm. going to learn how to do this. I'm going to do this mm-hmm. thing over here. I'm going to read all these books." Like, no we're trying to stay alive Uh and we're trying to stay mentally sane. So do not go into this. And i put this in all of my social medias and all of my blogs and everything going into this, a situation like this is not a place to do better than you were doing before. It is Mm. staying sane. It is staying positive. And how do you just get through this? If you can, learn a new thing. That's great, but there should be no pressure on weight loss or muscle gain or I've gained 15 pounds. I don't lift what I used to the couple months I got to go to the gym. I was down for the first four weeks, 50% of what I was lifting when I left. It's okay. My bills are paid. There's a roof over my head. My son's good. Like those are my priorities. I will lose the weight. I'll gain the muscle back. That is not what I'm worried about. My mental health is what I care about the most. So don't go into it as a, I'm going to be smaller or fitter or this. It's a, how can you be mentally and emotionally healthier by moving your body? So, and it's, it comes full circle, but the focus should be mentally, how can I do this in the situation I'm in with the things I have? And how can I make sure that I'm eliminating the creeping depression or the anxiety or the mood swings or the your kid breathed funny and you want to punch them in the face like how do you how do you stop that by doing some planks in the morning and getting your blood flowing and getting in a positive headspace and not trying to be better than you were before this like coming out of a pandemic smaller is a total like influencer I don't eat thing to do you're a psycho yeah. Yes, a hundred percent, or you have a home gym, yeah,
3: like
4: if you have a home gym with squat racks and cables and you're that big of a deal, then congratulations, I'm jealous, but for the normal humans, start small and just work on the mental piece of it, and the physical will come, like the physical right. piece will fall into play, but especially going into year two of this pandemic, how do we just make you? mentally be able to handle that along with everything that else is going on in the country right now how do we keep you sane and just baby step it you don't need to be you don't need to get on a stage as soon as like the laws are lifted and we can leave the house like just oh i learned how to plank awesome high five good job you're amazing like yeah i
0: I really like what you said there don't try to be better than what was before because we're not we're not going to be there So
4: be realistic, (laughs) be realistic and love yourself. Like we've all, if you're alive and kicking in January and we got locked down in March, congratulations, you've done an amazing job. So if you're not looking forward to the next six months or whatever it takes for this to kind of roll through with vaccines and everything, and you're at the end of your rope, then how do we baby step you into being okay again?
3: Yeah.
0: So So, that's kind of the perfect that's kind of the perfect spot to end it.
1: yeah judging by the comments on the in youtube uh, this has all been incredibly helpful to and yeah oh. uh, encouraging to a lot of our listeners thank you
4: good like i've been i got on my fitness journey i'm 37 i started when i was 26 when my son was one and it. It ebbs and flows. It goes up and down your weight, your strength, your attitude, your conviction towards the process changes. Um, I will gladly reach out to anyone who wants to reach out to me and have a deeper conversation about certain things. Like I'm, if I'm not at work, I'm at home on a couch. So I have, <laughs> I have time, just like the rest of you. So I do work a full-time job five days a week, but I definitely have time for my people. I schedule around it. So I will answer any more personal questions if anyone wants to email me.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we'll make and sure then, to link all your information when the show goes up and stuff. That'll be great.
2: And then I just wanted to be clear. Um, so you're, you're available for questions, but are you currently taking on
4: any new clients? Sunday, Wednesday, and Fridays, I can take on clients. For virtual sessions? Oh, yeah, for Zoom. Um, in the spring, and I actually, I love it if you're in the Portland area. I love going to parks and being able to socially distance and do that connective piece. I do miss, as everyone else does, I miss the physical connection you get when you train with someone. Um, but for now, Zoom and going into spring, I will definitely be out in parks as much as I can on those three days. Cool.
0: it's Good to know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm excited now.
4: <laughs> You're like go to the park. I'm the park like that sounds have- wonderful right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not with me, you know this. <laughs> <laughs> like you see those monkey bars over there? Go to the monkey bars. But you know, what? <laughs> I can like, either like
2: roll was around when on I was- the floor of my house <laughs> with full of dog hair, or I could roll around with some like fresh
4: grass and some flowers true, true. popping up. You know, <laughs>
0: but you know that's, me full, what of, I that's find- full of other things.
4: Right. I'm like, when love you give me a toy to play with, I get very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is gonna be awful. I love it. Let's do it. Well,
2: Carolyn, thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. You're and so uh, thank you for having me. Educating our listeners and, yeah. and let's be let's be serious, us as well.
4: <laughs> and I um, appreciate you guys having me so much. Yeah, nice. this
0: was great. Thank you. Uh-huh.
4: You're welcome. Cool. Thank and I'll you. see you on Friday. Yes, ma'am. Suited and booted. <laughs>
0: Bye. Right. Bye. <laughs> <going>. Bye. Bye. Thanks,
2: Carolyn.
0: Bye. Bye. Oh, she has cool nails, too. Oh, no.
2: we never talked about her nails. Oh. oh she's got the, the bitch
0: in his nails, man. <laughs> I just saw, like, the spike. I'm like, oh, nice.
1: That'll be when she comes back. Next we can step. talk about Nail, yeah. nail
0: talk.
3: hmm
0: Ooh, man. That was cool. That gives me a lot of stuff to think about, too.
2: Yeah, we we talk. I I see her twice a week, more or less. But even even I thought of things to 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 ask or talk about that we don't normally. That I obviously hadn't brought up yet.
0: So right, <clears throat> no, that was really cool. Thank you.
1: I I found that uh, helpful since I've been thinking of, of the same thing. Like my my gym is not something I can easily replicate at home. Since, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not everyone can, you know, replicate a climbing gym in their home.
0: You can't just climb oh a I forgot you used to do that. Yeah. You were really getting into it too.
1: Yeah. I I should have I should be on my second pair of shoes by now. I'm womp now. womp womp.
0: Yeah, just go outside and start doing some parkour. Just I'm climbing this building. <laughs> I
1: I have to start baby steps, as okay. Carolyn was saying. Um, I'm gonna have to. Go back to working on my core strength, uh, doing planking, doing pull-ups, sit-ups, push-ups, just to build up um, my arms and upper body strength for holding on.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's very like niche uh, set of muscles for that. Like I can't, I guarantee you, like even at like my heaviest ability to lift, I could not have climbed a rock wall.
1: It when this is when we can do that. I will go back to having a membership at the gym and uh, I, both of you are invited to come with me anytime.
2: I would hey. legit love to do that.
0: I do too. I want to do that.
1: It, it's super fun. Yeah.
2: I like, I like an exercise that is an activity.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the that, one that tricks you into having fun. Yeah.
2: yeah. You're like, oh, you're doing a thing and it's fun. Like, Haha, surprise, bitch, you're exercising. Yeah.
1: That's what hooked me. as a friend from Workland. Yeah, you should go do this. And I was like, still in the middle of healing up from a back injury. And I'm like, that sounds like a horrible idea. Yeah, well,
0: it's, it's like, like when I first, it's, yeah.
1: Let like me. When I weird. first started
0: the zombies run thing, I mean, mm-hmm. it's jogging. Jogging sucks. But I was yeah. like, but you guys made it a game, and and a zombie story. This is awesome.
1: <laughs> and definitely. It, they were going, how did how do we get Aaron to run? Zombies. <laughs>
0: that's Just, what, we got, that's what someone's gotta create though. Not the zombie thing, but like like something that mixes like D and D LARPing with working out.
2: Isn't I mean There's, LARPing is already
0: exercise? To a degree. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's gotta be something. I don't know. I, we'll, we'll workshop that later.
1: I think that um bouldering could be factored into that. I think uh, one of our past guests from last year um, whose name I'm blanking on at the moment, um, the violence designer.
0: Uh,
3: not,
2: has, Mimi. Uh,
0: not Mimi. Um, not Mimi, but uh, yeah, I know you're talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the one the one locally. Uh, she would be like her type of weapon that could be incorporated like something from I know there's got to be something put together at trackers that you could you could create uh,
0: right. a D
1: and D workout. Things cool. to expect when adventuring.
0: Oh yeah, would be fun. Where you know where else they're able to have a workout? Where any starfleet vessel, because they have gyms and holodecks. <laughs> As we transition from how to work out during a lock-in and before we get to Star Trek, that's a really good time for me to talk about our sponsors. First up, of course, is Guardian Games. They have been our longest sponsor, and they continue to be our sponsor. There was no way to decently make that a thing. (laughs) Other than Guardian Games is awesome, and they have been our longest sponsor. (laughs) You can find them at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. You can also find them online at ggportland.com or on facebook.com forward slash guardian games. Those are all the ways you can find them both digitally and IRL. Can't believe I just said and IRL, but what are you going to do? You know, I mean, we talk about they have like all like the fancy role-playing games and board games and card games. But uh, they also have, you know, games that have been around for centuries, millennia even. And if you are like most of the uh, most of the world that owns Net, that uh, subscribes to Netflix, you have probably watched The Queen's Gambit, and you're like, "What is this chess thing?" I could maybe get into that. Well, good news, <laughs> uh, Guardian Games has all different types of various chess sets. They have the most basic entry level, you know, a board and plastic pieces. Doesn't cost a whole lot to get involved. All the way up to massive pieces that are like the size of like a three by three table. They have the chess clock. They have all the fun stuff you could want if you want to get into some of those classic games. Guardian Games has it. So don't think that just because, you know, you're not into, like, whatever. You're not into, like, D&D, or you don't play Magic the Gathering, or you're not a Warhammer person. You're like, what was Guardian Games have for me that I couldn't get at, you know, some other big box store? Well, first off, they have the service that you will never get at a big box store, And you know what? They just, they have a better selection of your more traditional board games. Um, they're gonna have it. Even basic playing cards. They're, they're gonna have all of it. And you'll feel good knowing that your money is staying in the community. It is not going to some massive corporation that is then going to, I don't know, pay their workers even less. Uh, Guardian Games takes care of their people and the community. Check them out. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Guardian Games. And then before we get, uh, before we get back to the show, Want to mention Bridge City Comics, thirty-seven twenty-five North Mississippi Avenue here in Portland, Oregon. A uh, bunch of stuff is finally, and like comics are kind of ramping back up again with the new year. We're getting all kinds of stuff. Uh, I do believe DC Future State is in full flow now. Uh, you can check out the all-new Wonder Woman, uh, the uh, the the Latina Wonder Woman, which is pretty cool. I will be checking that out and see where those stories are going. But, you know what, doesn't matter kind of what you're into. Um, even a lot of your favorite shows get comic adaptations. Uh, the Expanse is in Season 5 right now. There is an Expanse uh, comic book series that takes place in between the seasons. So, if you just got to keep your stories going, or you're new to comics, you don't know, I'm, like, well, I'm not into superhero stuff, trust me. there's The comics are, you know, they're a format, not a, not a genre. And Bridge City Comics will get you the titles you need. So, check them out. 3725 North Mississippi Avenue or at BridgeCityComics.com. Either way, when you pop in, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio, which we're going to get back to right now. And I'm, yeah,
1: this is true. This That's is right. true. Or which you can just a... go jogging around the ring.
3: In that your is true. disco shirt.
0: I have my disco shirt. That's right. I did like that one in that season where they literally, like, it's just, they just turned always into tracks. Mm-hmm.
2: Kristen Munn, by the way is The name of that. Case. Thank
0: you, thank you.
2: I, w- I wasn't going to rest
3: until I found
1: it. So. I knew it was a K name. I just couldn't remember what it was. So. Right. <laughs> I just well, remember her we... profession of violence designer. That's
0: right, violence designer. Mm-hmm. So should we jump into talking about the last few episodes of discovered? Yes. yes.
1: So it's going to be the last three episodes, which were essentially <laughs> Starfleet versus the Emerald Chain.
0: I mean I don't know if we need to do like a full recap. I think we just kind of talk about you know the, the you know our thoughts on it and some of the questions those episodes brought up. Cuz if a recap, that'll be the whole show.
1: Yeah. Like it, it's pretty much discovered the source of the burn deal with the emerald chain. There right. you go.
0: There you go. That's it. Um so uh I don't know, where would you want to start with on terms of like theme? I think I know I I think I texted both of you two weeks ago. It would have been not this recent episode, but the one before it. We were, as we do, we were ranting about how just unchecked capitalism is just like awful and ruining things. Uh And then there's that episode, that second last episode of discovery where that Star Trek basically saying like, you know, Federation, you, you act like you don't use money, but, um, us folks, the Emerald chain. Yeah. We've been, we've been trading with star bases that were cut off. Like you can act like you don't need us, but whether you like it or not, you're using us, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you turn that blind eye when it's convenient. So I've, I remember what we were discussing but I thought like, man, that seems to be like running a parallel theme within discovery right now.
1: I think that's by design.
0: Yeah. This I
1: think-
2: discovery yeah there's has- definitely an over overall sense of sort of, um, what is the word? Insular, um insulation. Um you know the word I'm trying to say.
0: Not really, not this time.
2: Uh-uh. You know, it when when shit like nationalism essentially, like you shit starts going weird, you shut your doors and you don't look out oh, for anybody yeah. but yourself.
0: Xenophobia. Xenophobia. Um, um
2: but not 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 outwardly race. Based. It's just like oh we're we're hunkering down and resources are limited so we're we only have the resources or bandwidth to take care of ourselves. And,
1: isolationist.
2: Yeah. Isolationist. Thank you.
1: I was about to say use the same words again that you use and like you said that with insular. Oh no, what you mean <laughs> is isolationist. Okay. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah, there was definitely that, and I also feel like this season of discovery. Um hit on two things that very much the world is going through right now. A, it really brings into light the concept of limited resources and what happens to society when that resource is removed. Like violently and forcibly, it's just gone one day. Mm -hmm. And then the kind of collective emotional trauma that everyone then has to endure and try to grow from, from said event. You know, every one of Discovery is dealing with traumatic issues, and they arrive in a future where, yeah, the burn was however, whatever, 180 years ago, but you've got a whole galaxy that still hasn't recovered, still hasn't faced it.
1: I feel like it was, like, closer to 100 to 120.
0: Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But either either way, it's like, it's a... It's literally, like, it's a ship of broken people that Mm -hmm. are relying on each other, Trying to fix a broken galaxy. Like an emotionally broken galaxy. Um, which felt very poignant to know this.
3: mm mm-hmm. um,
1: I feel like that has been true of a lot of the fiction that has been produced in the past four years.
0: Yeah.
1: Discovery is just among that, and it feels even more poignant. Because everything has ramped up even more in the past six months.
3: Yeah. Yes. Like,
1: li- living in the times of COVID have made things very stark. And then each month just turns it up to 11.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, very much so. Um,
1: I think that the, the scene between, um, Admiral Vance and Osira, Minister Osira was probably the most telling. Um, and showed that in the face of that much scarcity and where everyone is hurting, the Federation, and especially Vance, was still willing to make deals. It's like everything that Osai brought to the table, the entire deal that she brought, the articles that she brought, he was ready to be on board with all of it. It's like all of it made sense. All of it would benefit everybody. Mm-hmm. Where, and, and I, I think this was the, the lesson that they wanted to put forth was, oh, is clearly a villain. Yes. But in that moment, she showed that she was also a visionary and that she had ideas beyond her station and beyond the, the ways that she got to where she was. And we see that a lot in people where it's like, hey, I can do this. Let's do this. Let's make this deal. The shortcoming was the fact when Vance went, sure, this is all great. Let's do it. You can't be the face of it. right? And whoever is the face of this cannot and absolutely should not be affiliated or under with you or under your thumb they have to be completely autonomous and they have to be able to you know arrest you and bring you to trial for all of your crimes
3: right and
2: that was that was the deal breaker is that she was not willing to put herself on the line after she spent all that time creating what on paper seems like a win-win situation
1: because I, 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 and this is where I think that they're shining a light back on real society is everyone who commits those atrocities thinks that they will still get away with it if they present a better idea, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's, it's a positive deflection.
1: It is, but it's still a deflection. And, and that's what I appreciated most about Vance was going, no, it's like, this is the one thing that we have to have if we're going to do this you have to stand trial for your crimes. If there's going to be a better world, you have to pay the price for it. Yeah. You have to be as good as your people.
0: Right. We're, you know, to an extent we're dealing with that shit like right now. Uh-huh. There cannot be unity. There cannot be moving forward until those responsible are held accountable. Yep. And it just can't. Otherwise yep. we're going to be right back here in another four years to go back to Star Trek, they're going to be right back there. There's going to be some other despot that's going to show up. and Mm -hmm. Like the cycle doesn't end until those... Accountability. Yeah.
2: Until there's accountability.
1: And and that's what many of the great uh, analysts of our time right now have been saying. It's like, look, unity and moving forward, those are all great. Mm -hmm. The step in between that is accountability. It is justice. If you don't have those, nothing.
2: I've I've read, uh, or actually I listened to works on, on that topic, and they a lot of them point to um, the fact that uh, Nixon was not uh, impeached. Uh, and who was that, Carter that went after him? Or no, who, who preceded him?
0: Well, technically it would have been um, Ford.
2: But not him, the next one, because Ford... Ford took in, Ford, Ford stepped in when uh, Nixon quit, right? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Then so then who was it. the
2: next elected president? Carter.
3: Carter. Carter, okay.
2: And Carter's the one who said, we need to, we don't want to divide the country and just like focus on all this bad shit that happened. So I'm not going to impeach, we're, we're not going to impeach Nixon. We're just going to move on and just let him finish living out the rest of his life with whatever the fuck he does. Um, but I think that, or I should say the, the, the researchers and the writers focus on that moment as the moment where there stopped being accountability for for presidential misdeeds. There
1: there are not to veer off topic too much, but there is an entire um there's a a, a podcast series that Rachel Maddow did called The Bagman. Uh, that deals with the Nixon administration and the impeachment of Nixon. Very specifically, it deals with the the uh, not the impeachment, but the um, bringing charges against um, Spiro Agnew, who was uh, Nixon's vice president, because it was discovered at the same time that Nixon was did everything with Watergate, that Spiro Agnew was actually extorting money. From uh, contractors while in office at the White House, right. And so it was like, if we're going to get rid of Nixon, we have to get rid of Agnew before right. that. Otherwise, we're going to put someone worse in the White House.
0: And also, I was right. wrong there. Yeah, Agnew took over. The next president was Ford, and Ford pardoned Nixon. Yes,
1: right. Ford pardoned Nixon. And right. Agnew didn't. Ag- Ford. Yeah, Agnew didn't. Agnew was uh, taken right. out of office.
0: That's right. Either way, it was Ford. The,
1: the, yeah, the Ford did pardon him. Yeah.
2: And but, all of this to say that, like, what what Vance, what they did with Vance's reaction to to her propo- to Minister Osiris proposal was was the opposite of that. Was saying like,
3: as many people,
2: you might mean it really well, and this could help a lot of people, but we cannot move forward without your accountability.
3: Mm-hmm. And right.
2: uh, and then that's that's what that's what broke the deal.
1: And and to be honest, it's not that that broke the deal. It was mm-hmm. the fact that Osira honestly thought she was going to get away with everything.
2: Yeah, she yes. just like glossed over any of her involvement in in war crimes, essentially, which is, and which and is, is what she was, yeah, mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm.
1: hoping. Yeah, she was hoping that that's what would happen. And that is that is what every despot and every tyrant that we ever deal with it thinks.
3: Is that they're
2: immune to consequences.
1: Yep. And if they do this one good thing, if they pave the way for a good future, then clearly they, they can't be. Like, I played out in my head if I had magical superpowers and could take over the Earth and be a dictator, I would. And I would set everything up so that... Within like a, a 10 to 15 year timeline, I could be overthrown and destroyed so that everyone could have their planet back. But that means I have to be, it's like, I only get X amount of time and it's for the good of the planet. It's right. good of, for the good of everyone else. If you're going to do that, you have to be able to go, yeah, that means I get killed.
2: You've mentioned this before, like this exact. Yeah, scenario. Uh, but it, you know, it, it makes sense.
1: That's the flaw of every sure. supervillain is they <laughs> don't want to pay those consequences. Except Doom. I think Doom would do it.
0: Mm, I don't. I don't think so. But that's a whole nother.
1: That's true. Yeah,
2: it is. Doom's
0: greatest flaws is vanity and ego. So no, he wouldn't do it. Mm, fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it I'm trying to think of what else we can cover. I mean, it was a very... Especially that final episode was a, a very emotional episode. Um, but it all seemed to be dealing with, like, you know, it, 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 trauma. We've got, you know, the the Kelpium that Saru meets, mm-hmm. who um, is completely broken, and it, it's all about it's trying to ball. fix it. In fact, he's so broken that he caused the burn. Unintentionally, but...
2: Well, no, the, the, the cause of the burn just is, is a biological thing. See, so he, for right. all we know, was born there. And, uh-huh. and so then was sort of biologically fused with all of the radioactive and the lithium matter. He was, but it was. So that was just a unexpected consequence of, to an as- emotional response.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. He didn't mean to do it, but since he was biologically linked to that planet, he acts, you know. Yeah, you can't blame him, but he's going to blame himself now. And Sir there to help him realize that it was not his fault.
1: And it provides a great counterpoint to what Osira was not willing to do. Is as soon as Sokal is realizes that he caused the burn, and that he is the reason that Dilithium, you know, like all of these lives, were lost when the burn happened. His response was, I want to help fix this.
0: Yeah. And Saru even tells him, you know, it wasn't your fault. And he says, like, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I still need to help fix it. Which, yeah, like Cable said, that's the exact opposite of Osiris.
1: It's perfect. It was a perfect counterpoint.
2: um, I'm going to try not to bring my work into this too much, but I that character of Sukal, uh, as a juxtaposition. Like, Osyra is obviously someone who, uh, she is a, a product of the world that she has, that was born and raised in, which is a very, you know, uh, winner takes all, you know, only the, only the cruel can thrive in, in this environment, whereas Sukal Was, has been alone since he was a young child and was only with people who loved and cared for him. And so once he was alone, he did not develop into someone even remotely close to what Osira is. He's very innocent and good and, you know, and wants to, wants to help and, and wants to be a positive influence to the world around him even though he is scared of things and like, you know, the fear holds him back, but you know, with, with the right support that everyone from discovery gives him, he's ready to, to grow and change and help. And they're just, yeah, they're two very opposite characters. And and I, I really enjoyed uh, Mm -hmm. the portrayal of a a childlike adult, innocent person. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Which which also I, I like that. Like, I I agree that uh, everything that uh, Osiris had a transactional upbringing, and Sokol had a, a nurturing upbringing. The burn was 120 years ago.
3: Something mm-hmm. like that, yeah.
1: How old do Kelpians live, or how long I mean, do Kelpians live? They've
0: That's never really. Too. They've never really said anything, as far as I know. So. Yeah.
2: I didn't think so either. And we figured, if nothing else, the, you know, the radioactive environment probably was, because he's bonded with it, was keeping him alive.
0: Yeah, he's been altered. He's normal. Yeah, Culper even said he's been altered at the genetic level. Mm-hmm.
3: Right.
0: And also, like, by by TNG era, you know, a human average is like 150, so it's not that, it's not that out of the ordinary to think well, that the, that's true. Yeah. Um, I think so. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, that was it on that one. Um, trying to think of like some other things.
1: Uh, um, one of my big favorite things uh, was the choice to change the actors in the holographic environment. So that, that was cool. So that specifically, so that they could have Doug Jones out of makeup.
2: I've never seen him on screen without costume.
1: This makes the third show I've ever seen him in without makeup.
0: And I think it's the only time he's been in a show without makeup where he's not playing some kind of creep. Yeah. Like he's even said, whenever they put me in just without makeup, I'm always some creepy person.
1: He's a villain in The Flash. And he yeah. was kind of a creep in Z Nation. Those are yeah. the only That's two things that out. I've seen him outside of makeup. Everything well, else. Is... I
3: didn't remember
2: him being in the flesh.
1: Yep, I think he had laser eyes or something. Something
3: mm. like that.
0: Yeah,
1: he made he made it through two episodes. Uh,
0: yeah, maybe... and he was he was great. Like he, I mean, Doug Jones is this incredibly caring and empathic, empathetic character actor. He does that through all that makeup. Mm-hmm. he doesn't have any makeup holding him back that's a dude you feel like you could just tell him anything and mm-hmm. he's going to listen to every single word you say
3: actively yep.
0: Act, yes um, also I want to add I, I kind of got used to Culper as a Bajoran to where when he was no longer in it I was like oh that's right he's not Bajoran
1: I made a hot Bajoran
2: <laughs> yeah I
0: did it was a good look for him
2: Oh, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to talk about how Ray got to have a more expanded role in in that environment, mm-hmm. and and you know because because of the program, uh, they were able to have a sort of you know the theoretically corporeal body that everyone could see, not just Adira, mm-hmm. and and how they talked about it, and then how he wasn't ready for that to be over, and. You know, and Culper saying we're we're gonna make sure that you know that that you stay seen, and and I thought that to me that felt like a very intentional message for the trans community. hmm mm-hmm. And it, it was I I just I really really enjoyed that. And, yeah.
1: Everything that they have done with Adira and Gray and Hugh and um, Stamets. Oh. Have been very specific and very deliberate. Yeah. Um, in all the right ways. I, I, I'm getting, I'm getting teary now thinking about it when Hugh's first reaction was to just touch and hug Gray. It's like, you've yeah. never met this person, but you know who it is. And the first thing you do is give them exactly what they, they didn't realize they needed. Yeah. Which was physical contact again.
2: And Hugh, Hugh knows about about Gray third-hand. Mm-hmm. Hugh is the most removed from Gray in terms of connection. But, but it didn't matter.
1: And it was in line with everything that we've seen from Hugh this season. Like, the second season was nothing but Hugh putting himself back together. Yeah. Uh, emotionally and physically and mentally. And... Becoming the only person on board Discovery that can actually handle the level of PTSD the entire crew is going through.
3: Right. That's what literally... I had
2: not considered.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: he's, he's been so, so wonderful to see. Like everything, everything that he talks, the, or the way he talks to every crew member and gets them to remember the best parts of themselves and put that forward.
0: And and never pushes it. He's always very much like, mm-hmm. "I'll be here, or I'll come to you." But mm. you know, I'm not. Um,
2: the 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 other the other thing that you, that you reminded me of is um, just Samet and and his relationship to Adira. Um, I mean, I know that they've been getting close all season, but to And 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 I'm sure you can sort of just sort of like extrapolate like what we see is only part of that relationship that's been building. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he gets into this situation where he's trying to, yes, he's trying to kind of prevent something bad being done to him by uh, sort of appealing to this other scientist's more human side. But that doesn't mean that the things he is saying aren't genuine. They absolutely are. And that's the first time that you hear him just flat out say, "That's my family. That's my child."
0: You yeah. would never
2: know that that was not, you know, the fruit of his own loins. Uh, if you, you know, just to hear him talk.
0: Yeah, I, I no, lost it when he said, "That's my child."
2: Yeah, there was no quantifying it. There was, and, and 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 he wasn't using it as as leverage. You know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna exaggerate my connection with this person so that I can build this connection uh, for, uh you know for my own safety it wasn't it wasn't that Mm-mm. it was absolutely genuine and that one i wasn't expecting it I i am embarrassed to say that i was surprised by it but i loved it yeah
1: i i think it's because in, in that moment he surprised himself that revelation like i don't think he knew that until he said it aloud and it's like oh that's why i feel this way that's that's what this is I just um, someone in
0: the. I think it was Norm in the text. Just said, "I want there to be a short track that's just the four of them, like around dinner or something." Yeah, so, you
2: know,
0: yeah.
2: and then after course, season
0: three, so when they're all, you know, they're not dealing with the fate of the galaxy. It can just be a, right. you know, yeah. like a mid next season or early
2: next season sort of a fun scene.
0: Yeah,
2: and I'm in my head,
0: there's a there's a joke where Jet Reno has reprogrammed their meals. So that they're getting vegan steak. Just so she can be like,
2: ha ah, <laughs> ha. Ah. <You know>? <laughs> um, I, I mean, either, with replicators,
1: that... it's all vegan.
0: I guess that's true.
2: I guess all... technically, yeah.
1: Yeah, all replicated food is vegan. Nothing was killed for it.
0: I guess that's
2: true. But is it, te- is it not technically animal byproduct?
0: It's grown. <laughs>
1: Um. Okay, so
0: I'm not going down this path.
1: Did, did we talk about this last week a little bit on it's on shit. air? I don't remember. You
2: know, you know, it's not on the show.
1: Okay, so yes, it is shit for this period of time. But Aaron knows this. The when you start out on a starship, it's you have base matter. It's base food matter. It's just proteins, enzymes, vitamins, and everything that's it's just in a, uh, like a, a cargo container and the replicators draw from that to reconstitute it to something else so it is not animal byproduct at all
2: oh that's true if if you're breaking it down to its core components yep. it that's the same as it was before you ate
1: it yep it's just matter
2: Fair enough
0: yep We're
2: um, the joke with science i know I'm i do that.
0: i i hope that in season 4 I feel like they're going to have to address it in some way, but I hope a major thread of season four is not Stamets being pissed at Michael.
2: I did notice that there was a, a moment where he, it he his, it seemed like
0: his, yeah, his anger is understandable. You would totally get it, especially in that moment. But I almost feel like, there's going to be some kind of itch, you know, scene where Culper notices that Stamets is really short with Michael and says, what, what's wrong? Stamets is finally going to tell him. And I feel like Culper's attitude is going to be, I would have done the same thing.
2: That's the most I would want out of that. I, I, That's kind of all I want. Yeah. I don't think it should not get addressed. Like they sh- it shouldn't be a thing because you could argue you know, Stamets and Burnham have already had their their flashy history and their right. are and it and they sh- this shouldn't be a hold up for them, but that's asking a lot of somebody given the certitude. But yeah, I wouldn't want what... any more than what you described. If it goes on for more than two episodes, I'm yeah. going to be annoyed.
0: No, that's what I mean. Like, that's all I want. I want, basically for Culper to be like, because Culper's medical, but uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Medical and starfleet has to make very similar hard decisions that Command has to make. And while Stamets has a hard job, his job is rarely going to require the you die so they can live.
1: I'm afraid you're, I think both of you are going to be annoyed then because I think this is going to be a half the season issue.
2: I did now, do, while, while you were talking, I did start thinking about, you know, that the way he lashed out right before she ejects him you know he's like we we came here for you all of us are here so that you wouldn't be alone that's that's a lot of anger and lashing out and I get it but that does that does help lay the groundwork for a prolonged uh, estrangement for those two I,
0: right? I would personally think that that would be bad storytelling it would be. Building too much out of something that doesn't need to last for. Eight, how do you decide what's too
2: much? He just, you know, he, he just. Well, oh, I'm coming went, how from That's, a that's, that's his, how I would decide it's too whole much. Family, you know, he went from having nothing and nobody when, when Colbert died the first time. You know, he was completely alone, and not only did he like miraculously get that back, but also now he has a child, maybe even two, if you want to look at it in a certain way. And, you know, they're extremely, extremely important to him. And it's because they've come to the future, there, there can never be anyone else. There, there's no other family that can exist for him unless he tracks down some ancestral people. And that's, that's not the same. So, just, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It is he a big deal.
0: It. Uh, I, Michael also wasn't wrong ejecting him.
3: I don't
2: this think
0: He can't be rude about it. Yeah. No, but I don't need it to spend. I don't need. I don't want that much story time spent on. Just like how I didn't need a two. As much as I love Michelle Yeoh, I didn't need a two-episode crew two episode show as the expand as the reason for sending her back.
2: I want to. I'm coming Cable at it from pure
0: story outlook. If you have a limited amount of time to tell sure. a story, and I
1: want to hear what it.
2: Cable has to say.
1: I I think that it is only going to be bad storytelling if it is not furthering. Hmm. I think it's going to take as much time to tell as it takes to tell, depending on what, what story that they are telling. Right. Like that. Yes. Michael made the right command decision. That doesn't mean it was the moral, the correct moral decision. It doesn't mean it was the correct emotional decision.
2: It was the Vulcan decision,
1: and 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 it still, I'm yeah, which I have a hard time with because she hasn't been like aside from that and the Vulcan nerve pinch, she hasn't been very Vulcan this season.
2: She's had a lot of growth this season, she's but very human. It, That doesn't mean that overnight she's completely devoid of Vulcan instincts.
1: And this still gets back into the trauma that they have been dealing with this season that Paul has not really been dealing with. Like, he still has had arguments with Detmer. Like, there was that whole thing that started at the beginning of the season where they were angry at each other. And both of them had every rights to be angry at the other because they were not paying attention to what the other was going through. And from Paul's viewpoint, I think that Michael did not consider everything that Paul was going through and what this emotionally does to him. And now not only did you expel him, and you've also replaced him, He's no longer needed.
0: Well, that's a whole right. other thing, yeah.
2: right? Um, so,
1: what does I, he do?
2: I don't think that Michael didn't consider like the the human cost, you know, regarding Paul when she did that. You, I mean, like she was she was crying too. Mm-hmm. She she felt bad. She just, you know, in her in her Michael Burnham way, she's like, I know what the right answer is. Overall. Even though I recognize that this is a shitty decision for you,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I mean that's—I mean, isn't hasn't that sort of been the 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 theme all season? Is that she's like she 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 does it her way, no matter what other people might think, uh, whether they're her peers or superiors. And then at the very end, she actually got rewarded for it,
1: mm-hmm. which. I I have theories as to why they went that particular direction.
0: It's, But that's the thing that every commanding officer is going to have to potentially face one day. Mm -hmm. There's even that, I'm going to go back to a fucking TNG episode where Deanna wants to, she wants to be able to sit in command to work the night shift. Uh And Riker keeps sending her through the same simulation over and over and over and over and over. He finally tells her you're never going to get it you're never going to make the call that needs to be made. And then Troy, on her own, turns the simulation back on in the middle of the night and goes and does it. And the choice she has to make is to send in Jordy to physically do something knowing it's going to kill her. And the moment she does that, the, the program ends and Riker's standing there and he's like, that's the choice every commander will face one day. And it sucks and you have to make it right then. Uh-huh. Congratulations, here's your command tip.
2: And I would venture to argue that that is, that is not just uh, uh, a, a tenant of Star Trek or even just sci-fi, but leadership in general, especially yeah. in extreme circumstances like astronauts, for example. You have to be able to make quick, but educated and logical decisions that sometimes You know, where you're like juggling lives and having to decide what is the thing that's going to do the most good with the least amount of harm. And sometimes the least amount of harm is one person or, you know, maybe like a dozen people have to be sacrificed. Yeah,
0: I I actually think what Michael did was very much not the original kind of Michael we saw. Because that Michael will always find a way to bend the rules to make sure that everyone, all of her friends and family that she loves comes out okay. And I think that broke her heart because she's like, "I can't do this this time. I can't keep us all together and keep us all alive." Uh-huh. She and it wasn't think just that argument her shit about
2: how it, she doesn't believe in no-win situations.
0: Yeah, because apparently they don't have the Kobe Maru yet. <laughs> well, in her timeline, her original timeline.
2: Yeah, they would definitely have it now.
1: They they would have. It was only ten years before Kirk took. It.
0: Yeah, I mean, the enterprise, They probably have. Yeah. He was
1: already serving Starfleet at that point.
0: That's true. He probably already would have broken it, huh? Yes. Yeah, he would have already, if he would have been a lieutenant 10 years before TNG, he's probably already taken the damn thing.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: although it's voluntary. You don't have to take it. But you cannot, you, be, a, you're, you right. cannot be promoted to captain if you do not take the Kobayashi. Uh, captain that commands a ship. Because mm-hmm. Spock was a captain, but anyway, that's we're getting into deep nothing. nerdery now.
2: Thanks for nothing, Google. If you if you look up when was the Kobayashi Maru implemented, uh, the top answer is 1982.
0: Yeah, it's not wrong.
2: Not what I was looking for, though. Come on,
0: That's still uh, hilarious. All right, well then
2: I'm done looking it up. So,
0: um, but the one thing I do agree with is that what does Stamus have to do in the future now if if Booker can do it,
1: Book and any of his people, right? And like I, I, I feel like it, it. They've created a lot of opportunity for the second season or for the fourth season for stories to be told. Like we are going to get to see a lot more of the Bridge crew crew. Um, if Tilly is still not first officer,
0: I'm going to be pissed. Um, I'll be pissed if she's still an ensign. Just have her walk on with another pip.
1: Like, That's all.
0: She, I w- first officer is fine. I want her to be a lieutenant by now.
1: She should be a lieutenant. It's was definitely fast tracking, but like the entire what you were talking about is like you have to be able to make those command decisions. That was all that she did from the second. Oh yeah, Saru put her in that chair. She, you got to see how she would handle every single one of these command decisions. It's like nope. You, you're ready. Mm-hmm. She needs to stay as first officer because that, that crew will respect that.
3: Yeah. Although um, I
2: definitely see them maybe playing with that in the next season too because,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, they, they put her in the chair and shit hit the fan and she got a lot of flack from, I mean, granted, the bad guys are the ones who are like, you? You're you're the one in the chair. I don't think so. Oh oh, you're you're acting. Okay, you're you're just holding the con. Um, just a lot of belittling uh of her on that part. And while I don't see that playing out in with with within the command and like the command questioning her ability because of the way things played out. I mm-hmm. can definitely see Tilly holding on to that and struggling with it. Um, whether like, regardless of. Of whether or not she gets promoted in the near future.
0: Yeah, sure. No, I could. I'm kind of with you. I could actually be, and I could actually kind of see her being like, I don't think I want this yet. Like I was, I was holding strong during the emergency, but now that I've had to take a breath, I'm freaking the fuck out. And maybe one day, but I don't think I want it right now.
2: I mean, here's the thing: is like you're never gonna really be ready for leadership. It, there's always gonna be difficult decisions that are stressful. You don't know for sure if they're right in the moment, but you have to make a decision. and You just, mm-hmm. you just fucking do your best. You roll the dice and hope everyone comes out fine at the other end. And um, you
0: literally just replied the way I think Michael would reply to her when she says, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, that's... Absolutely. Michael would be honest and, and be like, you know, that's that's what it'd be like. You want to be a leader ever. It's always going to be like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, I never fucking realized It's not actually called the Spore Drive. It's called the Dash Drive. What? Displacement Activated Spore Hub. They nickname it the Spore Drive. It's actually called the Dash Drive.
2: Oh, because the Dash Drive sounds lame.
0: I'm just saying, I just just (laughs) realized, like, Thomas posted, I'm like, Dash? What the hell is that? And I looked up Dash Drive, Star Trek. It went right to the page. It's like, yeah. Displacement activated Spore hub drive.
2: Oh, that's You can throw the comments. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, that's some nerd stuff there. Yep. Uh, speaking of nerd stuff, I dig they're, fucking, they're in the same uniforms.
1: It, I think it took the entire season for me to get used to the Federation uniforms for me, so that when they put them in the, the disco crew in them, I was like, yep, good. Yeah. Good.
3: That's
2: I, funny I, though, right? Because when they revealed the, the uniforms for Discovery, those were completely different from anything that had ever been made canon before. And uh-huh. I don't, I don't remember any of us being like, "Whoa, that's too different and weird." Everybody, we we all were into it. But oh, they weirded me days, out. They
0: were way too shiny for me. Uh, I was
2: like, "You're being really jazzed about them." But regardless, like, I, I'm with Cable. And it's if I, if not for the fact that I've been seeing those gray uniforms this whole season, um, I would have been a little bit more alarmed when all of a sudden the Discovery crew was wearing them.
1: For me, I think it's because we are trained as old school Trekkies that with every new show, there's a new uniform. Yeah. Every time there's a new show, it's a new uniform. Like, sure. Deep Space Nine had different uniforms than TNG. And then by the time that Voyager won, Went on the air, Deep Space Nine flipped their uniforms, so they were different. Yeah, because they were modeled after the the movie TNG movie uniforms.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I remember when the TNG first debuted, they actually said like, "No, these are the uniforms you have to wear if you serve on a space station." I'm like, "Really? Just just admit that the fucking costuming department wanted to make new uniforms." (laughs) Uh Um, But I like these because they. A, they kind of give me like an homage vibe to the motion picture uniforms, but with more color. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool.
1: It is nice to have this. Like, I get the whole design concept behind the gold, the silver, and the, the bronze for, um, for Discovery's crew. But it's nice to have the red, yellow, blue, and back yeah. again. I, I just prefer those primary colors being part I- of Star Trek.
0: And they kind of hinted that the Discovery-era uniforms were being phased out, because Pike even mentions, like, at least we get the snazzy new uniforms. hmm So.
2: I mean, once... I'm a little surprised they didn't do it sooner, but I think that they wanted to, like, re, keep a tie-in with the whole situation at the beginning of the season where they wanted to split up the crew uh-huh. and, and put a new crew on the Discovery. And so if you keep the crew, it was kind of a nice wrapping to keep them in the same uniform. But but the change was definitely inevitable. Right. Uh, so Norm is saying he likes the uniforms, but uh, but the jackets are asymmetrical, and that really bugs him.
3: Oh,
1: I love I, I love them. an asymmetrical uniform. Yeah, really
0: Cable, and, Cable and I are on the same page on that one.
1: Yeah. Uh, I. I'm not a big fan of symmetry in uniforms. I like the asymmetry. I don't know why, but I, yeah, I just do.
0: I think it looks cool. I Especially that enjoy weird, a bit like, that a half asymmetry. color thing they do. It's like they mm-hmm. yeah, oh, it's sharp. I think um, that's
1: what I like about the TNG uniforms over the Voyager Deep Space Nine uniforms, is there's still asymmetry in that pattern.
0: Right. Um, oh my God. Talk about the little the final little bit of waterworks when Michael at the end meets the guy, the first member of Starfleet she bet at the first episode.
1: That was, that was and a perfect end cap.
0: It was such a good end cap. Mm-hmm. And I also noticed that if you sold the scene side by side, um, when he shakes her hand at the end, he's got both of his hands over hers thing. Mm. Um, Welcome to Federate start. You know, he's, he's doing that the shot at the end She's got both of her hands on his and says, "Thank you for keeping the faith." Like it's a, it's a perfect visual bookend to how they did it.
1: Well, I guess this was part two of the first episode.
0: Yeah, it was.
1: They're the same title parts one and two.
2: Right the the hope that is you.
1: Mm -hmm. I, I think my little side takeaway from. All three of those episodes is that do not fuck with Joanne Oosakun. She is a major badass.
0: No kidding. <laughs> she's like, got a killer aim with the ship. She's a great navigator. Uh, also, she can hold her breath for like five minutes. Eight. Well, yeah, I
1: I don't think that she's the navigator. I think well, she's, I think she's the operations officer.
0: Well, Detmer's helm.
1: Detmer's the, Detmer's the pilot. Yes.
0: Helm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, and normally, yes, that, that would be where the navigator station is, except in TNG where it's the helmsman oh. and sits. Yeah. Like where data, data, data sat, that was the ops station.
0: Right. And Wesley was helm, huh? Mm hmm or whoever was held.
1: So I'm wondering if that's actually uh, Owosikun's uh, actual position is operations.
0: I think she's also running some of the tactical, like the weapons. Mm-hmm. Because what's yeah. his name is communications. Yep. And then the other guy...
1: Bryce is communications. Reese is, is um, security.
0: Right. I don't think he actually... So does he do the firing? I don't remember.
1: He doesn't, but he does like he does weapons management.
0: Right, he does shields right here. Casualty reports coming in.
1: No, that's that's been a Wosakum.
0: Okay,
1: she's the one that will shout out the shields are this, weapons are this, life supports at this. I think she's operations, which makes so much sense. Yeah, that's because she you like that's what Data did. Um, that's what Harry Kim was and to a large degree even though she's just the communications officer that's what Uhura did Yeah Uhura was that ship, was the Enterprise's um, operations officer Shit fell apart and she was not paying attention
0: Right, yeah Because Chekhov was Navigator and technically mm-hmm. fired torpedoes and Sulu was Phasers and Helm
3: Mm-hmm
0: which is always a weird... I don't know. It seems like a weird thing to me. Just from a tactical side. Mm-hmm. She
2: is, in fact, operations officer.
1: Thank you. Oh, cool.
0: There's that, that a lot sense. of work to be ops.
1: Oh, yeah. It takes someone who is, has their shit together. And... Yeah.
0: So a family of Luddites. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who did pearl diving.
0: Sure.
1: It fascinates me. She absolutely fascinates me as a character. She's definitely one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, I was really worried they were going to kill her off.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I was a little bit. It didn't feel like it, that they were going to, but I was a little worried. Yeah. So, I mentioned that I, I have theory about Doug Jones.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a still photo that I saw last week week and a half ago um, from the Mandalorian. And it was I behind the scenes. You've saw seen this.
0: this. I talked about this too on Twitter.
1: Yep. So the, it's um, a bust in the makeup department. And it's like, guys, hey, so we're going to start working on this to build this new, uh, to build an alien race on. And you look at the bust and like, that's Doug Jones. Yeah. That is Doug Jones's head.
0: Yeah, when I commented, I had like five people thinking, okay, it wasn't just me in my head. That was looked like Doug Jones to me yeah. too. I'm like, yep. So, I'm trying to find it now.
1: Um, and like, we're all basically theorizing, oh, Doug Jones is going to have a guest spot on Mandalorian next year. And then the end of Discovery this season is like, well, he's going back to um, Kamenon. It's like, oh. And, and Merrick looked at me and went, well, that means Doug Jones is guest starring in more than one episode of The Mandalorian next year. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, oh I hadn't thought of that. That's probably exactly what that means. Um like for Discovery, I'm hoping it means that when they bring Saru back, he's right, hold on. I'm gonna do a screen Commodore screen. Saru or Ambassador Saru.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna do a screen share. I found it on the Reddit thread. Mm. Cool.
2: Yeah, they, they said he's yeah, you know that's he went
0: <laughs> That yeah, is 100% yeah. Doug Jones. Um, the only other thing I thought it could also be is that he's done so many makeup sittings that if you you can't do a, a cast of every single a face cast of every single background actor, even if they're in a makeup and a, and a mask. Mm-hmm. And from what I've been told by special effects people, as a rule, you want pretty skinny profiles that you can then build on. So it also could be that he's done sittings for all these places and just lets them use a bus of him to build generic. All right. Not, now we can now put this on someone's head and mold it to fit their head better. Cause he's got that profile.
2: Sure. Doug, Doug Jones is the universal prosthetics model.
0: I mean, th- I, that actually would not surprise me if that was true. You know, if
2: Andy Serkis can be, you know, the, the number one guy for, for motion capture. Yeah. Why not?
1: Fair. Uh, I'm I'm still going to go with my, my theory that he's going to show up in Mandalorian and he's splitting his time between Star Wars and Star Trek.
2: I mean, that's the
0: preference Maybe. for sure. Yep. Oh, so on this Reddit thread, some more. So the person you see um, with the caption there, Brian Sipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, He has apparently worked with Doug Jones many, many times, so it's also logical that he actually has a blast of Doug Jones. And they just build off that. Sure. Either way, you know what? If it means more Doug Jones and two of my favorite spacey shows, two out of three of my favorite space shows, then I'm not going to complain.
2: Oh, they said that that's from uh, season two behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the gallery from season two. Star uh, Disney Gallery, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: But you know these people work on stuff in advance.
0: True, true. Yeah, I mean, they're filming season four of Discovery right now.
3: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Good. Um, Well, because even uh, he mentioned it when we had him on. Oh, yeah. Noah. Noah, yeah.
1: I want to publicly say this. And did I say this before that I want to see him come back next year?
0: I think we said it on a private chat, but yeah.
1: I, yeah. He... I would like to see him come back. Like I know Rin is dead, but uh, they clearly use using, um, they're reusing actors. Right. Like mm-hmm. the, uh, Kenneth Mitchell, the guy in the Osiris scientist and the chair.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: He was also cold from house of core in the first season
3: Mm -hmm.
1: one of the klingons he's one of the major klingons he's
3: also
1: he's also developed als which is so they want to keep using him as an actor in the show which is why they're like okay now we're going to create this character who's in a chair so that you can be on the show well
2: that's really cool i didn't know that
1: yeah that almost made me cry too when he showed up on screen. I'm like,
3: yeah,
1: oh no. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm still holding out hope that we'll get to see uh, Noah AK sometime in season four as another human character or another alien character. Um, I'd still love to see Mary Weissman show up somewhere as not her Klingon character but something else.
3: Because Mary Weissman had a
1: Klingon character. Oh, not Mary Weissman. I'm sorry.
0: You're thinking of uh, Chifo,
1: Mary, Mary Chifo. Yeah. I was confusing my Marys. <laughs>
2: um,
0: Although I actually think we're going to get more of her in Strange New Worlds. I do too. Yeah. Because mm. the the comic that they did, the comic sequel to season two of Discovery, and all those Iw comics that are connected to Discovery, are actually ran past the writers' room. of the various Star Trek shows, and in that one, uh Chancellor Rao and Pike basically keep up clandestine communications with each other to try to prevent another Federation Klingon war. Uh, it will clearly not work, but you know, at least they try. Right. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if we see her again.
1: That'll be great because yeah. Mary Chifo is a gem.
0: Yeah shall uh, we should get to wrapping up here?
1: Oh yes, sorry. We're
0: going, we're going on for a whiles. Trex talks. Uh, what do we have going on next week? Do we have anything? We're going to have Greg and Ida towards the end of the month,
2: right? As always. Um, to my knowledge, we don't have anything else
0: planned.
1: Okay. Me either. Uh, I don't think. I don't think so. We'll come up with something.
0: We have to do something to do because there's not any Star Trek. There's more Mandalorian. I don't want to talk about the Expanse because Cable is not able to. Cable doesn't. Even if he does watch it, he's nowhere near caught up. So even right. if he yeah, started, I, haven't,
1: I haven't started it yeah. yet.
0: Yeah, you would not catch up. I'm
1: just now on season two of Westworld, so.
0: <laughs> well, we'll come up with all new fun things to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs>
0: I'm thinking.
2: I'm, I'm really like, oh, what else can we do?
0: Well, that's something we can probably talk off of air. Yep. Uh, big thanks to Carolyn. She was awesome. I'm definitely gonna reach out to her.
2: Yeah, she's one of my favorite humans. Yay! You don't great. have
0: any of those. More
2: well, than I if I stop to think about it, I have more than than I think.
0: More than you originally had planned.
2: Yes, more than more than I would expect. <laughs> uh,
0: well on that, I'm Aaron Duran. Oh, I'm Bean Rita. And I'm Cable Hoshitani. And we will talk to everybody next week. Watch out for snakes. I'm huge. So, oh, shit, we didn't... You know big, what? Big we'll big talk milk. about that next week. What? So what, big deal? The news I sent you? Right. You... you know what? Let's give Cable time to research more about it.
2: Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll cover it next week.
0: And don't be an asshole. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.